And we're on. I hit the button. Oh, did you? I hit the button. You hit the button. I hit the button. That means it's time for episode three. Episode three. Talk shit. Yeah. Talk shit. Yeah, talking shit. Yeah, talking shit. Welcome back, everyone, to Welcome. another episode of Talking Shit with Chris and Kez. I'm Chris. And I'm Kez. And this episode is brought to you by the Creative Hub Australia. The Creative Hub Australia is a new concept aimed at connecting communities and individuals. We have a safe, dynamic space. Again, I'm screwing this up. <laughs> Offering facilities of a wide community. Are the community how people are up? Um, people can participate in networking. <laughs> they can um, participate. They can participate in networking, being creative, hire the space, get involved in a wide range of uh, community-based projects like doing a couple of short films, things like that. And so, and yeah, come on down. your new avenue, human development. Human development. Develop the humans. Develop um, so, what is chalking shit, you ask? I what heard is, you ask What is chalking shit? Oh, what was that you asked? Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, Kez and I talk about a matter of things from present day global issues, general topics, intriguing conversations, and far off weird and wonderful. So come with us on a journey if you dare. Dare. You dare. 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 Truth or dare? Dare. And welcome to our third episode. We're really excited because this week we managed to get into the, or last week we managed to get into the top fifty, which is pretty exciting. So thank you everybody who's out there listening, listening to us. Except that you all suck because you didn't get us number one. Sorry. So uh, straight up, let's go for number one. Yeah. Or at least number it. two. I'll, I'll be satisfied with number two because <laughs> then I could be like number two. You just got to make sure that everybody you possibly know is listening, even your goldfish, because you know, goldfish might need. A little bit of podcast love too. Did you know why my dogs are asleep? I put headphones on them and press play so that they can listen. What do they listen to? Talking shit. Oh, really? Yeah, I put the little headphones on and they know I press play and they sleep hearing talking shit because I uh, I don't I know they don't understand human talk during the day. But now they understand astrophysics. They do. They get up <laughs> and like you see them looking at the stars, going, "I wonder." Or, <laughs> I, I wonder what it is. And then spiraggy. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Righto. So, uh, all right. What's been happening around the world? Well, in the again, last week. again, we're still dealing with a lot of the coronavirus. So, uh, excuse us why we try to avoid a lot of that talk. However, on today, being the first of May, they are talking about lifting it, which is very exciting. Ooh, in Australia, um, that is. In Australia, that is uh, more because like, we did a pretty good job of getting through this. Uh, everyone, still stay vigilant out there. Let's not have a round two. Because uh, I kind of like the idea of going outside now. Yeah, okay. And you, in, in celebration, me and Kaz are now only 298 square meters away. We moved in one square meter each. Uh, we will get to the other, we will get closer soon enough. Okay, okay. Well, you what know are you reading over there? Well, I'm, uh, I thought I'd, you know, since the present day is all about viruses and stuff like that, I thought I'd go back in time. Time, time, time. Great Scott! Great Scott! Great Scott! And um, today is the official dedicated day to the uh, opening, I guess, of the Empire State Building. Yeah, right. Happened on May 1st. 
President Herbert Hoover officially dedicates New York City's Empire State Building, pressing a button from the White House. Beep. What a lazy guy. Yeah, yeah he didn't even go there. He did I'm it from just, his desk. Yeah, it's like, cool, your president did it, but did he really? Like, did it, he, it, really? he pressed a button. I mean, <laughs> come on now. That's, uh, like that's really if, lazy. What the hell? Yeah, that, that's... Yeah, no, no. <laughs> go away. <laughs> go away. Um, Mind so you, though, if I could open a building by pressing a button from my bed, I'd probably do it too. I mean, let's be honest. This is true. <laughs> uh, what else happened? Uh, hmm, let's see. Uh, US President George Washington was inaugurated in 1789. Uh, it all seems to be the US. What else happened around this time? Hmm. Mm, mm. Spain. The man who never was is pushed off into the sea off the coast of Spain where the <laughs> tide would bring the body ashore into German hands. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what? They just said, well, let's push this body out into the ocean and see where it goes. Don't they do that with bottles, not bodies? <laughs> So you're walking along the beach, uh, having a lovely time with your partner and a body floats ashore and you've got to check who it was and return to sender or whatever. Whatever. You know, there might be a message there. Yeah. Oh, for everyone playing at home, um, I'm reading out these facts for uh, both April 30th and May 1st, even though this episode will be released on May 2nd. So yeah, our apologies, but we can't live stream straight to Spotify yet. Yeah. So whatever. Whatever, Trevor. Uh, 1948, England's first Land Rover rolled off the production line. Land Rover, yeah, and then they broke out. They broke as soon as they rolled off, so they <laughs> they came off and went. <coughs> now they're actually um, not that bad. I I don't know if they suited in Australian climates, but they they seem to be not all that bad. Uh, 1978, Perrier releases its first bottled water. Go Perrier! Well done. Well done work, charging guys. us for something that the world provides us on a daily. Uh, now, uh, one of our best friends' name is Chad, but this doesn't pertain to him. In, in 1984, the Chad Civil War. So, no, Chad didn't fight himself. It was actually the country. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, first oil reaches Louisiana coast from Deepwater Horizon. Oh, that was a good movie. I didn't mind that, actually. Did you I see that movie? I watched it. So it was uh, Mark Wahlberg. That was when he was just knocking out a movie every six months. Yeah, he seems to be knocking out movies really quick. Because he did that one, Patriot. Yeah, yeah, uh, Patriot Patriot's Day? Day or something like that. Yeah, yeah the I one watched on the that Boston one. Bombings. I watched that one. That was kind of intriguing. They're all Peter Berg movies. I really like Peter Berg movies, even though they're not always the best actual like movies. Movies. Actually, they're just fun. I uh, last week we spoke about streaming. Mm. What's been going on is last night I watched The Extraction. Oh, is that Chris Chris Hemsworth? Yes, done by the Russo brothers. Uh, they wrote it. Oh, uh, did they? They, they wrote, wrote it. it and they produced wrote it, it? Um, and produced it but based not on directed by them. someone. No, Sam Hargrave. Okay, he directed it, which was the stunt guy for them. Uh, he the, he did the stunt coordinating throughout the Avengers and all that. Oh, okay, so the stunt coordinator sort of stepped up to director or yeah. Role. It's another John Wick, and it even felt oh, very John awesome. Wickish. Yeah, it, it did. It, this was a bit more realistic though. Like it, um, it, it kind of had the approach of imagine someone as good as like a like a high end special forces taking on local police and just those kind of things. He's obviously going to decimate. Yep. 
And it had that vibe of like he just decimates because he's so much better. He would shoot better. He would be more accurate. His guns would be better. Mm-hmm. He'd be a better fighter also because he's there to do that kind of stuff. So it it was good like that, you know. And yep. uh, it was a pretty straightforward story, which I liked because it wasn't, you know. A no-brainer. He can sort of just sit there and enjoy the action. Well, it's like thing. they didn't need to overwork it or over-convolute it. It's just this go extract this guy and get him there. Do we know if if Chris did most of his own stunts in this film? I actually don't know. Like, I literally watched it last night. Um, yeah. Okay. I, it looked like he did. Yeah. I have to really hand it off to, like, stunt performers and stunt coordinators. Like, they do such an incredible job. Like, I know two personally. So, uh, a good friend of mine, Greg Van Borsum, he's a stunt uh, coordinator. He did uh, a lot of work on the Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. Um, and just some of the stories he told me about uh, being out in the desert in Namibia and, and sort of getting the actors to do uh, the stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, and then uh, another buddy of mine, Kyle Rowling, he did uh, a lot of the uh, stunt coordination and fight choreography with uh, Nick Gillard in Star Wars Episodes 2 and 3. He was also Christopher Lee's stunt double for Count Dooku. Yeah, right. Um, you do know some good ones, isn't yeah. it? Like, we obviously know, as you said, Chad before. Chad's a, an up-and-comer. And he, he, yeah. He's working on it, and he's amazing in his own right. Absolutely. If um, there's any filmmakers out there looking for an awesome stunt guy, uh, Chad's your man. Um, mostly, I think, also, too, I really like the way Chad just works on the fly. Like, yes, he does a lot of prep. He does a lot of um, uh, practice and things like that with his actors, but if you need a moment where you go, oh, we need to adapt to this moment, he will just come up with something. I really love the way his brain works like that. Yeah, and I I think it's important as a filmmaker to have those kind of people around you. Mm. Oh, and another friend of mine, Olga Miller, she uh, is a a stunt performer. She does a lot of uh, really big movies. Um, Just before uh, this whole COVID thing was going on, she was actually doing um, the Shang... Lee movie, the one with the Ten Rings, the Mar- Marvel's new. Oh, um, um, insert name here. Yeah, I'll let you look that up for a second. Google uh, Shang Lee and the Ten Rings or something like that or Shang. whatever it is. But basically, um, she does all the sort of stunt performances for a lot of the female leads and things like that. She's a great fighter. Um, she can do a lot of cool stunts on her own. Shang-Chi and the Legend that's of it. the Ten Rings. Yeah. So that was filming in Sydney. Uh, unfortunately, that got shut down uh, due to the whole coronavirus thing and, and that whole well, production has been put on hold for the moment. Well, you can't be a stuntman taking hits while there's coronavirus. <laughs> that's right. Oh, look, I oh, just killed you with corona. It, I got the virus. My um, bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's awesome. Um, check her out on her Instagram um, and you can see some of her work there. Olga Miller is her name. Um, and yeah, she does some pretty awesome stuff there too. But um, yeah. if you're out there and you, you're looking for a couple of minutes to kill after our podcast, check out uh, Keanu Reeves' training for John Wick. Uh, it's pretty intense what he goes through and, and he nails the uh, the firing range pretty awesome. And so did Halle Berry as well. And What a great segue we did right there because actually we're heading into Random Fandom. Oh, Random Fandom. Random Fandom. Random In this part of the podcast, we talk about random things that, uh, oh my gosh, my reading is awesome <laughs> today, about a random thing that people have informed fan groups over discussions 
Uh, and the reason I like this was, and said it was a great segue, is we actually picked, if you listened last week, to go again, a franchise versus franchise. Oh, yes, head to head. Head to head style. Dun, dun, um, dun. Marvel vs. DC. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I win already. Uh, <laughs> he probably wins based on knowledge. Now, <laughs> Karen has it up on me. Kez definitely has it up. He's. Um, he knows a lot more about these universes than I ever did. I don't know if I know a lot more, but I definitely just get really excited. I you'd know more. <laughs> it's it's more just like look, I didn't grow up with comic books or things like that. Um so there there is a lot that I don't know about that kind of world growing up and I know that DC dominated a lot of um comics for a long while. Yeah, well, Marvel almost went broke. And now they're the probably the biggest powerhouse. Yeah, it, yeah, amazing way to turn around. But like, all right, so let's let's dive in. All right. Uh, you can start this off last time because last time I was all like just I win and now yeah, you can be yeah, all yeah. like you win. Well, I mean, I guess uh, I would like to touch a little bit on the history of DC Comics. So uh, obviously it's an American comic, uh, comic book publisher. Um, so the DC Entertainment um, sort of founded itself um, back when... I guess we were around the time of the world wars and things like that. Um, and so it was sort of an avenue uh, where people could uh, escape from reality. So um, it sort of actually was in the um, fun big comic magazine that the first sort of stuff from DC Comics came out, which was 1935-ish, maybe 34. Um, and that's when we sort of had our first sort of true publication of a comic book so this wasn't um newspaper gazettes kind of thing this was an actual comic strip so there you go So it started all the way back as a comic strip yeah yeah Uh, so when was that again uh 1935 well it wasn't until 1939 marvel came about so you you got a couple of years on us then yeah which was um martin goodman okay from pulp magazine uh, founded it, so that's where it all started. Yeah, which is interesting because, like, mainly we know the face of Marvel as Mr. Stanley. Yep. And on our side of the fence, it was Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who is responsible for Superman. Um, so those guys sort of came; uh, they sort of brought out the very first character, which was Doctor Occult. I hate Superman. <laughs> Do you? I hate Why? Superman. Like, he's just... It's too much. Is it because he's too powerful? Yes, it's just too much. Uh, okay. Superman is just the worst. He's he, he's just too powerful, and then he's got the worst ever, ever weakness. Wait, what's I, that? It's his planet. His own planet <laughs> his is own his planet. weakness. Like, really? That is the lamest <laughs> bullcrap thing I've ever heard. Like, if you want to talk talking shit, I'm talking about the the shittest right now. I'm diving right in. This is your lead guy too. Um, and the only reason, mm. the only reason he has a weakness is because he originally didn't, was because your the writer wanted to go on a holiday. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, and that's why he, he basically <laughs> killed I want to go on a holiday, so... And, and they couldn't though because he had no weaknesses of vulnerability, so you can't retire him. Yeah, so they okay. retired him by giving him a weakness and then just brought him back. 
Well, that's just lazy writing. And then, <laughs> well, there in turn is Justice League. and Yeah, well, we all know about that. It, it, <laughs> that bombshell. That it, was it, terrible. They literally took that old thing that I just talked about <laughs> and put it in the end of Batman vs Superman into Justice League. It's like, really? Come on, guys. Well, then, after that, in 1936, uh, Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson's next title uh, was Detective Comics, which we all know spawned Batman. And the first volume of that was published in 1937, uh, which ran all the way to 2011. Um, and then it continued after in sort of uh, different sort of formats. But uh, Batman made his first appearance in May 1939 on the Detective, cover, uh, Detective Comics cover. Uh, that was the first time we saw the Batman. Uh, by artist Bob Kane, and obviously uh, the other credit now goes to Bill Finger. Uh, they uh, finally recognised him. He's an overall bit of a. Well, like he dresses like a bat, and then I've got like <laughs> Black Panther and that, and like he dresses like a cat. It's like, yeah. How original were you guys back in the day? Well, uh, look, we weren't very original, but. Like, granted, they made it look cool in the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. We had a character called Captain Marvel. And then <laughs> we had a <laughs> and then you guys stole that title off us because the net we forgot to copyright the, the name. <laughs> <laughs> so then we had to change that character to Shazam. Um, uh, which uh, out of the two movies of those, if I want to compare, I uh, give you one leg up. Yeah, Shazam was better than Captain Marvel. I have to agree. It yeah. was a lot of fun. It was well done. Do you think um, that has anything to do with the character or Brie Larson? All the way it was no, handled. No, no, no. Look, I, I, I very much uh, think it was handled terribly. Yeah, okay. Um, I do. I think the whole... I don't know if they meant to go a certain approach in a backfire or what. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't buy into... I bought into it a little bit. I, I won't lie, but that's because everyone did. But I watched it after I got over it and I said, all right, I'm going to give time and go watch the movie. And... Um, Look, I, I just, I wasn't a big fan. Like, it felt very forced. Also, because you're trying to put this into a universe that was already done so well, and it just, I don't know. I, do, I don't think it was just as well <laughs> executed. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, and that, that's purely that. Uh, I don't think it was as bad as everyone made out. Yep. I'll say that as well. I thought Brie was a bit boring. Um, But again, that could be her character, not necessarily the acting. Yeah, okay. It was kind of just a... Uh, I, I have to agree. I think, um, yeah, it was a, a number of little things that really ticked me about that movie and Brie was unfortunately one of them. Um, and that's, I don't really think it any fault of the actress per se, but I think it's just the way it was. the whole project was handled. I also feel, however, then we flip this and mm. how they used her powers against Thanos and the fact that she didn't win. <laughs> she it, was it, so OP'd. Yeah, but like... <laughs> it, they handled that better than how they handled Superman coming back in Justice League. Yeah. He all of a sudden was just, it was too strong, it was too much. And he won the day with no effort. At least they, with um, Captain Marvel, she did seem like she had to give it a bit of a go. She had a moment and then she got her butt kicked a bit by a stone. And that makes sense because a stone versus stone, yep. one's got to come out a bit of a loser in that moment. So, And people also have to remember, and the writers have to remember, she's only got the power from one stone. And that was it. That's yeah. it. Like, he had all five stones. Yeah. 
uh, in his hand and all that. So he should be able to win, really. Absolutely. And there's yeah. her weakness. And she she's another just Superman. Like they, we <laughs> she took, is their Superman. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we took it and made it our Superman. You know, and it's, yeah. I just, I, I, I think, don't like those characters. I think characters. the other thing that I kind of noticed too, was, I guess with their more prominent characters, is that DC's. Um, Titular characters like your Superman, your Aquaman, and your, let's say, Martian Manhunter or somebody like that. Yeah. They're all based off sort of mythic gods. So, Aquaman, Poseidon, yeah. uh, the Flash, Hermes, um, and um, Martian Manhunter was Proteus, basically. Whereas, I think the thing I liked about Marvel was that there were humans that sort of had superpowers so yeah, like Fantastic um, Four for example oh, yeah. I also like that like especially in modern day Marvel doesn't seem so gloomy yeah like yeah. It, you know like uh, even definitely more friend- family you friendly you look at Iron Man as opposed to Batman so yes. they're basically the same they're billionaires with the ability tech. to be more they don't actually yeah. have a power yeah. and then they use that tech to become a superhero yeah um, Iron Man Seems happier, chirpier. Like he's not as gloomy, trying to just constantly ridicule. He wants to do things better or better. Well, he had a life-changing moment. He sort of saw that his industry was destroying. Hold on, Batman did too. He fell down a hole and saw some bats, (laughs) and then his parents died. His parents were dead. And that isn't that a life changing? He just became. He was a little bit gloomy about it. A little bit sad. Hey, um, we've had sad Batman. Remember. Before before I keep going, who's your favourite Joker? Oh, uh, Heath Ledger still. Mark Hamill, voice-wise. Yeah. Great yeah. performance. Hamill was great. Uh, Heath Ledger was my favourite as well. Um, so, I think this is um, something that I definitely have to give kudos to Marvel about, and that was their 10-year plan for their, their franchises, their films, and something that Warner Brothers was never in the, remotely in the same ballpark Yeah, Disney. It, it and Marvel. Once they really like John Favreau killed it at the start. He yeah, did something absolutely. So nailed simple, it. nailed it, made he's it. He's doing work, it again now with Mandalorian. He's doing that it with guy everything. is a god. He, he redid <laughs> it with um. He, he did Jungle Book, and then they gave him um Lion King yeah. remakes, and he killed both of them. Yeah, uh, whether you like them or not, they both smashed out the, uh, the box, box office. office. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that guy knows what he's doing. But then once they realized they had a good concept, they went, "All right, let's try another one, and let's start." Yeah, and you then know, they appointed one man to oversee the whole freaking thing, and that was Kevin Feige, and that was the best decision they could ever make because they didn't change chefs 16 times like Warner Brothers did. They, yeah. have, they have restructured their board and executives and studio <laughs> creatives and head of DC and head and, of Warner Brothers. And directors midway through. Yeah, like so Just, many yeah. times... I mean, if you put that into a real-life scenario, okay, like if I'm going to have a race team and I'm going to change the driver of my race team every freaking race, am I going to get a good result at the end of the season? No. No way I'm here. <laughs> see, that, that, herein lies my problem. Like, it's the whole concept, and I do this in life in general, and I think this way about a lot of people. Um, Marvel money followed a good concept. Yeah. And they just got to work and it was the long game. Yes. We've got something cool. Let's just get to work and do it. And mm. they were like, even Captain, uh, like Iron Man was a um, a bit of a risk. Yeah. You know, like they've, they've had other ones before that failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And then they went, hold on, like go do it, give it a go. I like your concept, get it done. Yeah. 
I think the Christian Bale Batman movies, so the Nolan ones, are, are great. The best probably story so far we've had. Oh, the Batman. Yeah, I, th- I, I think don't think he's the best Batman, but I think it's definitely the best story we've had, especially The Dark Knight. I think that movie just alone is just such a great film. Yes, but it's about twenty minutes too long. It is very long. Yes. No, no, no. But like, they didn't need Two Face. Why couldn't have Two Face been the villain in the next? In one? the next film, that would have been fantastic. They should um, have left it just it, there. It, it would have been perfect setup to carry on. It, and that's my problem again with the whole DC universe is. It's always just too much crammed in or too short of a time yeah. and rushed. <laughs> it comes down to, though, like the biggest thing is who's doing it and all that. And we're arguing a thing of like amazing, both comic books and series that are amazing mm. in their own right and brought so much joy to everyone. And then we're now doing like really commentating on other people's takes on them. Yeah. yeah. And it's not the necessarily the thing. So who of you out there are on Marvel side with me? Yeah. Who of you are out there on Kez's side? Yeah, come to the DC, DC side. side? Uh, let us know. We'd love to know what side you stand on and why. Um, and we might call someone and ask them, I think, which brings us to the next segment. The only reason he said that was because we forgot what we named it. <laughs> it's called Phone Someone. Phone Someone. Are you going to phone someone? Can I phone a friend? You can phone a friend. You can phone. All right, so uh, who are we going to call today? Um, okay, hold on. So for the listeners at home, understand this is actually take two for this one because we tried to call someone and they were like, no. So, as we <laughs> said, when you're listening to this, if you want to be a called, you make sure you're ready. Yeah. So, let's do... Random callee, and we're going to call... Running down the list. Actually, I'm going to stop on this person, because at the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about stunts and stunt work <gasps> and things like that. So, we're going to call Chad Bennett. One of my favorite humans. Let's do it. Here we go. Let's see. See if we get him on the line. Better not go to voicemail. Hey, Cass, what's going on, man? Hey, Chad Bennett. Chad. We are in the studio and we're recording and we're calling you because you're our random callie today on Talking Shit. Hey. Hey, hey, bro. Can you I was going to actually call you and let you know that we have a, um, we're trying to decide on a film spot for work, but cool. All right. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you were just about to call me. Yeah. What's the chances of that? <laughs> That's so Apparently cool. Apparently they're pretty high. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty high. <laughs> so everybody, uh, this is Chad Bennett. And as we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we are talking about stunt work and how awesome these people are in our film industry. And Chad is one of our stunt coordinators and he, in his own right, is a great choreographer and all things fun film and things like that. As well and as just a straight up great actor as well. And like, good human. Kills it as an actor. Great human. Amazing beard. Um, <laughs> His entrepreneur, beard is epic. He's an entrepreneur on the grow. Like the dude's killing it in uh, ways of business as well. Uh, very inspiring. An amazing man. I love him. And there's our biggest praise to you, mate. So how are you? 
I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Going well, man. So uh, just quickly, can you give us a real quick rundown on who you are? Uh, uh, I mean, look, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, point fingers or anything. But didn't you just do that? <laughs> there yeah. you go. So that's who Chad is. That's Chad. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd much rather, uh, you know, you say it than me. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. So what have you been it's, up it's to always, in your isolation? Someone else names it. Yeah, good call, good call, very fair. No, well, we did a good job then. So yeah, as Kez asked, what have you been up to in your isolation, Chad, Chad Broski? Uh, well, really just uh, staying away from people. I've been gaming a lot. Uh, yep. been, uh, admittedly, I've been drinking a little more than I should. You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's your go-to drink? Oh, single malt scotch. Oh, brother. Hell you know how to drink. 11 years. <laughs> you know how to drink. Actually, didn't you buy a, uh, a Lagavulin 16-year-old at one point? I buy it continuously, yes. Oh, such a good drop. I got a bottle of that at home if you want to come share. Once the COVID lifts. And no, uh, two yeah, adults can good. now visit I another have, adult. I also used to have a bottle of uh, Lagavulin by Nick Offerman. Oh, the what? Nick Offerman edition. Yeah. Holy shit. I didn't know we were rubbing uh, scotch in each other's face, but sure. <laughs> Thanks for making us feel inadequate on the air. Hey, no problem. Anything I can do to help. <laughs> So, Chad, we were talking about uh, stunts and amazing things. Like, we delved a little bit into Marvel, but then also earlier we said about what we've been up to a little bit. I finally got to watch The Extraction, which, uh, funnily enough, I only watched mainly because Chad recommended it to me. Yep. Uh, he said amazing things about it. So, tell us a bit, like, what did you love about the movie The Extraction? Um, the, the, the single shot movement. That yep. was fantastic. There was like a there was like a one shot in there where he's moving and fighting and like going through town and stuff. It's all one shot. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay. It's not it's not as good as some of the other ones out there. Like that new movie. What is it? Um, Nineteen Seventeen. Yeah. That is yeah. that is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the World yeah, War Two one. Obviously, War. it's not to that scale, but it's still really cool. There's a lot of um, a lot of cogs that needed to work perfectly in that shot for it to work. Yeah. And then the uh, the director, I absolutely love and respect the stuntman. Yeah, uh, so Sam he, Mendes. He's absolutely is fantastic. But, but just the knife fighting, the knife fighting was really cool. Um, um, as somebody who sort of uh, does a lot of fight choreography and stunt work and things like that, can you give our listeners a little bit of insight into that world and what you guys have to go through and how you prepare for something like that? Um, preparation is mostly you just think of... Um, or you have to know a lot of the details, like the finer details, how many people you're going to be using, where you're going to be at, what's the space. Uh, space like, is really important simply because uh, I think um, um, for the Bourne series, where remember they had uh, that one yep. fight, it was pretty revolutionary when it happened in that, in that hallway or in that bathroom. The very close quarters one. Great. Yeah, it was like, it's like that sort of Krav Maga type of, type of thing. So it's every, all, all, the little, all the little details are really important. Yeah. And then... Um, Dedication, dedication is extraordinarily important. It's obviously safety first. Yes. But, you know, there's, uh, most there's, people need to be willing to take one on the chin. There's something you used to say um, on set a lot, which was something along the lines of like, uh, slow is fast, fast is accurate or something like that. What's, what's your saying? Oh, that's just, that's, yeah, that's um, anytime I teach anybody any, any weapons or anything like that, 
Uh, slow is fast, fast is accurate, accurate is deadly. Okay. Can you sort of yeah. explain what that would mean to somebody who doesn't know film? Somebody doesn't know. Okay. Um, take uh, let's let's take uh, let's take swords for instance, right? Okay. If if I show you a move or like a like a fancy little flourish, and I say go, yeah. Try and if you if you sort of know the language, you'll you'll eventually pick it up. If you have no idea about the language, you'll sort of just be like, that was really cool. And a lot of times in film, nobody knows the language. So when you see something really cool happen, that makes you go, that's one of those wow moments. Like, oh, man, what was that? Did that just happen? You know? So when you start slow, you can learn the, uh, let's say, for instance, the wrist motion, the angle of the attack, uh, where your your, your counterpart is going to be, you know, everything, where you finish, everything like that. And then once you you start practicing nice and slow – Okay, you can speed up a little bit, and you, so you go, you, you know, you learn, and then you practice half speed, then you practice uh, 75%, and then you go, like, film speed. Okay. See, what, what I love about you, Chad, is how you think of all this stuff, but you've even got your own questions you ask directors um, before you film, say, a fight sequence like that, that I know is so crucial and amazing, so, like... Um, Again, it comes down to that prep and having the right people on board. And, like, that's why we always go to you. You're the right person to have on board. Um, so, yeah, like, it's cool hearing insights every time as to how to break it down, you know, how to be... I mean, like, one, one really good example of that, actually, is, is uh, I worked with Karen. Um, we worked on Hero. And yeah. he came to me and, and, and I, I, we went back and forth, you know, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And Karen basically just said, I want to see something new that's never been done in any Star Wars. So that sort of... <laughs> I remember when I said that to you, you just looked at me like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had, no, I had no idea what I was going to give you. And, and then I, I went and I got help from my mentor, Greg Van Borsum, and he sort of gave me, uh, you know, he, he gave me some really great pointers. And, um, and then basically I, I, I was able to incorporate the environment in, in the fight that uh, Justin Banks and myself had. Well, can I, I say to sort of blind him and uh, well, I did like the little spin art. The tips of our sabers collided, and it made yeah, this that's little, right. This little really cool effect that if you haven't seen it, you should go check that out. It's very cool. Um, man, you very much delivered on that. Like that film had one of the coolest fight scenes I've ever seen, especially when it comes to lightsaber stuff. I think the only the, some of the newest stuff um, I've seen on. Uh, what's the Star Wars um, Clone Wars saga? Some of yeah. the later episodes had some really cool fight sequences, but in terms of Star Wars, you guys absolutely delivered and killed. I got, I was lucky enough to be on set that day, and I saw what you guys did. And man, mm. well done on that. And what, off. what a lot of people don't realize is uh, that Chad was working in probably the most muddiest of conditions and they were slip sliding all over the place but still managed to pull off an amazing fight sequence and uh, and you're right chad like i think that's one thing i love about your work is the way you incorporate the environment around you and um you know the only the thing that wasn't the danger all the time was lightsabers but it was also like the trees and the environment and things like that that's yeah. so cool i mean not only that but like it worked because everything worked yeah you know what i mean yes everybody nailed everything they needed to well, like so when it's, you, it's not just it's not just us fighting it's, it's the camera guy nailing the shot you know what i mean the reversals yeah. all that jazz <clears throat> the, there was a bit of drone Meticulous stuff in planning. there you know you have to get all all aspects so it's definitely not just us yeah so we had a really good team 
But uh, like what I what I like about what you were saying there, like if I go back to the extraction, was they were having that knife fight and a scooter rode through the middle of them, like keeping all of a sudden the world alive that they were in. They were in a busier street. There was still people moving around, and they both had to step back to allow a scooter to ride through the <laughs> yeah, middle with people on so it. Cool. And then they kept fighting. Like it was being aware of the surroundings, who is in the environment, and all that. Like that's something to keep around. But all of a sudden, it brought the reality of the world they're in. To the camera, and the, the fight seemed more real because they're still fighting in a busy street. Sorry. Yeah, very much so, especially especially like when the guy got hit by that that uh, truck that was just going down the road. You know what I mean? Because they yeah. stopped paying attention to their surroundings because it was sort of, uh, if you notice, the camera sort of got real intense, got yeah. real close. So they they were close to killing one another. Somebody was going to catch like some sort of wound. And so they started paying more attention to each other, and then dude got cleaned up. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> truck just go boom, done. It's like can amazing you, um, apart from obviously this latest uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, extraction movie, is there any other films that you just love to watch purely based on the stunts? Um, I mean, look, there's a lot of great films out there that have really great work put to them. Yep. Um, to say one, it's maybe, maybe it's not, not your favorite, me. but just sort I of some that you go to. I think, to. like in regards of cinematic, yeah, sort of. Um, so, like, don't get me wrong. The the extraction was really cool, cinem like fight choreography wise. You know yeah. what I mean, like stunt wise, things yeah. like that. They really put the. You could tell, like a, a a stunt guy was sort of like, yeah, do this, 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 and this. Yeah. Whereas, take something like. Uh, um. Oh, gosh darn it. What is it? It's, uh... Oh, my goodness. I feel so <laughs> terrible about this. Black Cowboy. Django. Django oh, Django. Uh, yep. yep. My goodness. I could not for the life of me remember <laughs> that. So, in that film, cinematically, with the stunt and fight choreography, that is one of... That's a fantastic thing to watch for, like, gunfights and stuff like that. Actually, a lot okay. of his stuff... Um, a lot of Tarantino's has that really fantastic cinematic kind of choreography uh, sort of fight scene stuff in there yeah hey, good choice uh, so it good really choice. Just depends on what you what you go what mood you're in you know what i mean if you just want to watch watch mindless action badass stuff drink beer and eat pizza you know what i mean um john wick <laughs> yeah john wick you know yeah. what i mean all right uh or that giant robot fighting each other or Godzilla or something you know what I mean like that stuff's still pretty cool Pacific, <laughs> Pacific Rim where you got dinosaurs and giant robots fighting each other so um, alright so another question for you mate while we're still on films a little bit Marvel or DC hey again while, while we're still on films uh, just real quick Marvel or DC DC every day of the week yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Batman. <laughs> what's your favorite movie with it? What's your favorite movie within those worlds? Which ones? Which one do you pick? Um, if you're just going to pick one. So I find that DC films go a lot, uh, a lot closer along the lines of with the comic books. So yep. for me personally, like to say which is the best one? Yeah, maybe not. But characters. Yeah. The Green Arrow. Uh, so I was, I've, I've been a huge fan of the Green Arrow and Aquaman. Yeah. My whole life. My whole life. You got you to meet I mean? Momoa, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I hung out with him for a while. He's, he's a, I, I, the, the most fondest memory I have of hanging out with Jason is that um, he, had this, he had this coffee cup. And 
um, we were we were joking around and he, and he like laughed and I smelt his breath because I was I was you know maybe like a foot from him and I looked at him and he sort of looked at at me with like we both kind of like squinty eye like you know the when you cheeky look out the side of your eye and you kind of squint at each other yeah I was like you're not drinking coffee are you he's like and he, he sort of shakes his head he's like no his breath just sunk a whiskey and it was awesome. <laughs> You're not drinking <laughs> so he coffee. Was just, he was just having a cheeky little whiskey, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> That's fantastic. Awesome. All right. So, what, what are you up to today? Just real quick. Don't go into too much detail, as you you know, it's still your private life and all that. But what, well, I mean, what did we catch you out today? You know, I'm actually. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What, what did we catch did you? Did we in the interrupt of today? you doing yeah. a poo? Is what he's asking. Doing a poo? No. This time, <laughs> you did not interrupt me doing a poo. <laughs> no. I'm actually I'm sitting at my desk in front of my computer and uh, I'm deciding on a place to build a studio. Oh wow! I like it. I like it a lot. That's an amazing. Well, I can't wait to see what you guys do and how to do it and all that. And that's awesome, man. Yeah, Ooh, man. You you have a cool life. I like it. Thank you I so try, much. Man. Thanks so much for joining us our podcast today, man. Uh, and and uh, I can't wait to see some more work from you because you are incredible at what you do so uh, well thank you thank you i really appreciate that I'm, i feel like i'm getting kind of rusty i think i actually ha- i have an appointment today this afternoon with a stunt woman um on facebook she wants to learn some stuff so that's pretty cool oh wow well so, I, I can't think of anyone better to teach you mate i really can't so it, do you have anywhere people can find out more about you i mean look i'm, I'm on i'm on the social platforms you know facebook just chad bennett yep um and then um instagram chad underscore bennett underscore like you know what i mean yeah, but it's yeah. It's, um, I'm never on there. It's just, you know what I mean. So. <laughs> you can All also right. find so him on everybody. Go send me. Chad a message now, so the next time he actually logs in, there's about 400 messages waiting for him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we can't learn. Uh, we can't wait to learn more about what you do, man, and uh, and see you around the traps. And I can't wait until we get out of this COVID uh, time and uh, and see what you cook up next for the silver screen. So yeah, definitely. Big love to your brother, and we'll catch you around. Yeah, you have a great one, mate. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day. Talk you to you soon. Catch See you, bro. Bye. What and an absolute legend. That was Chad Bennett, everybody. Uh, you can go check him out on his Instagram and his Facebook channel. He's Bennett. also on Star Now. If you're looking to hire actors and all that, and you go through Star Now, he has an account on there. Yeah. Uh, we do keep track of where these guys are, because half the time we go, where are you? And they <laughs> always forget. So. And not only is he a great friend, uh, like... Definitely speaking on a professional level, uh, there's nobody I would rather have on my set than Chad Bennett. So and if you're looking for somebody um, to do some work with, definitely reach out to Chad. Uh, his knowledge is invaluable and he is a professional to a T. Massively. So what an awesome guy. So thank you very much for taking that good tour, uh, taking the call, Mr. Chadwick. Uh, yeah, right. we didn't get to leave a uh, awesome voicemail. Damn it. Oh, I know. <laughs> the, the, when that happens, understand, I'm going in. I'm deep diving on their uh, their voicemail, which brings us to our next segment. Oh, yes. Here we go. What are we going to do? We're going into deep dive. Deep dive. Dive, dive, dive. <laughs> Submersion ship, dive, I. Dive. Dive. I'm going down there. He's going down there. 
I wouldn't. All right. So this week, we're going to deep dive into zombie buggies. And the only reason I'm okay with this is because it's bugs, not humans. I hate zombies. <laughs> I full on hate zombies. Like straight up, it's one of my pet peeves. I remember hate, when I sent uh, you a message everything. throughout the week and was like, this week's deep dive, what is it? And you were like, zombie bugs. And I was like, the hell is zombie bugs? You making that shit up. <laughs> and of course I'm not. And the awesome <laughs> thing about this is it's like, there's not just one bug. There is multiple bugs, so <laughs> it, like different parasites and all that. It is such an exciting film. Um, and then I Googled it and I was like, holy Toledo. Yeah. Um, this is whacked. And then just, just before we jumped on this, we decided, hey, let's see if there's any really cool videos out there that we can just watch and all that. And my gosh, it blew our minds. Like I, so I knew a lot cool about shit. it already. But then there's like a parasite that takes over a sheep crab. How was that part? <laughs> it takes over a sheep crab and um, turns a male into a female and then uh, puts its own eggs into the sack that it creates for being a female and wanting to lay <laughs> eggs. And then, so th it, it turns on the maternal instincts of the female crab and next thing you know, it's growing parasite eggs <laughs> as if it's its own. So, zombies may be a thing of fiction, but uh, some parasites uh, more or less turn their hosts into the walking dead. So, what we're talking about in this deep dive is how parasites inject themselves or their eggs or actually crawl up inside the hosts of another insect um, or into the host of an insect, sorry, and take over them to, I guess, their part of their mm, circle of life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so what's really interesting about this is there's a few different cases. There's ones that actually keep the host alive and yeah. there's other ones that don't. So it's... And they, look, there is many also different versions. We'll only deep dive into a couple of them yeah. because it's the same as every subject we deep dive into. You could go there for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. <laughs> and hours. Um, so I like, you know. The, so let's have a look at some. Like, let's have a look at some examples of these parasites and what they do to their hosts. Yeah. So like, I'll, I'll start off with some of the more less interesting ones because I like deep diving into the more bigger ones. Okay. But... Um, so there is a parasite called cordyceps. Was it cordyceps? Cordyceps, I think. Cordyceps, yeah. It's if we're pronouncing this wrong, scientists out there that are listening to us, we apologize. We do, after all, talk shit. Yes. It, it, remember, <laughs> this is a podcast of two guys just deep diving into subjects. Like We're just having shitloads of fun <laughs> learning. Uh, so, yeah. It, and what this... Uh, it, it's basically a plant life uh, parasite. Okay. Uh, so what it does is... It drops spores onto ants or other bugs, but mainly ants. Uh, infects them. They then climb up to a hot, like high up in branches, and then the parasite forces them to clamp down their jaws to hold on for dear life as they die. Oh, I've seen this. So and, yeah, yeah. So what happens is the spore like falls onto these ants, and then that infects them. Yes, and then so then that spore a, a fungus like yes, not yes. not like a creature or anything a freaking fungus then makes this ant want to go up to the leaf and die yeah just and so the 
spores that come out well, of this ant go onto more ants. Yeah, so it, it, the reason there is a zombie <laughs> parasite is because what they've actually worked out is it tricks the ant into usually going up above where the main line of ants of run. Like, it, like their How does main a fungus walk. know that? Yeah, it literally, <laughs> they go up there and hang above it so it maximizes it's the spores and the infection. infection. And essentially, yeah. they'll wipe out whole colonies of ants. This is like the COVID of ants. Well, they, they actually, like, and what's <laughs> interesting is science fiction's already kind of grabbed it, like, in other things. But the recent one was The Expanse. Okay. Uh, if you've watched that series at all, they had a, like, this thing took over the body, the same kind of concept. And, yeah, it's, but it's such a weird kind of creepy kind of thing. But, okay, so that's one aspect which isn't as zombie as when we go to what I love, wasps. Oh, these guys are... Fucked. If they weren't a prick <laughs> enough, the fact that they just like stinging and biting and all that and just being an all-around dick, which is why I love them. Straight up, I'm getting one tattooed after this, I swear. Um, as soon as COVID lives, like, tattooed to wasps. Seriously, like wasps, like you see a wasp in the garden and you are running faster than you'd run away from somebody with a gun, I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> those things are freaking nasty. <laughs> So the, the I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the the this subspecies of wasp I'm talking about and there's a couple. He's coming back. Uh, I hope like I'm back. The wasp <laughs> is wasp. still on your desk. <laughs> 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 Run away again. <laughs> Insert 50s horror screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the the species of wasp and there's a couple of versions within this uh, mm. and is brachanoid wasps uh that's Brachanoid. that it, sounds like a plant i think you're making this shit up no it's uh <laughs> no it's fine uh okay. otherwise and the the first species within this i'll talk about just mm-hmm. to keep going with names that i'm making up is the <laughs> the dinocampus oh coccinella Co- uh, coccinella or let me have a look at your note cocker oh yeah dinocampus yeah okay that so again we're not scientists we're deep divers um and they do dinosaurus cocaine yeah so they (laughs) (laughs) dinosaurus cocaine it's a dinosaur on cocaine there we go (laughs) bam um (laughs) i'm throwing you right off now (laughs) so this this wasp what it does um is and this is where really interesting. And okay. it's, even though it's not a typical like zombie rawr, walk into his death, here's mm. what makes this one interesting. This is a certain one. It lays its spore. Like, so they, they, what they do is they, a wasp actually doesn't breed. They clone okay. themselves. Okay. Yeah. How interesting what? is that? So that in its own right is amazing. They clone themselves. God. So they literally just create a, a like little, a little larvae. Um, and this particular one, mm. uh, puts it on a ladybug's belly okay but it also injects this parasite into the like a toxin style to parasite into the brain of the ladybug which then makes this ladybug protect the larva as it grows what yeah what the hell yeah <laughs> so this wasp stings this ladybug then puts its spore or larvae on it yes and then the la- then the ladybird goes i need to protect this thing yes yes that's exactly what right the hell? um and so then this <laughs> thing grows and it eats its organs okay the organs of the 
of the ladybird. But only the ones that are not vital to survival. So it keeps the ladybird alive to still protect it, but yes. then eats the bits that it needs to grow. Yes. Wow. And then <laughs> if the ladybug survives the seven days it takes to grow, yeah. it, then the ladybug's let free and off it goes. And it can actually come back from this and survive and live another day. What? Yeah. So it keeps yeah. the hell? <laughs> so it's full like zombie. Yeah, it's, it essentially, well, in the sense that it's become it's, it's programmed now to, to just stand there and protect and be like guard. Yeah. Uh, so that's one version of it, and then within the same family, before I get to the crown, like the, the, the crown jewel. The, yeah, a of good way. Oh, good <laughs> see what I did there. I see what you did. You I guys will know what did. we're talking about in just a moment. Um, there is another species of the same family. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't say the name on the part I was reading, so I look sorry. Look it up though. It's it, but it's the same family. Yep. But they do it to caterpillars. Exact same concept. Oh, I've seen this one. And so they inject the eggs into the caterpillar. Then the larvae uh, grow inside the caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then think of it like when you put too much butter and Vegemite on crackers and squeeze them together. <laughs> those little wormy bits that come out. That's exactly what happens to a caterpillar. <laughs> So yes, the, that, so that, that is the best analogy yet. So the yes. little squirty bits that come up between the biscuits, this is exactly what's happening with these larvae. To this but they're alive. But they're alive. <laughs> and the caterpillar is still alive. He, he, hold on, it gets even better and than then, that. Yes. yes so they on. start creating their own cocoon, these little larvae. Yeah. Once it gets to a point that they've got a semi-sized, la- like they're Cocoon. kind of all cocooned in, what they've does the brain- caterpillar do? They've brainwashed the caterpillar to then spin its own cocoon over the top of these things to protect it. Yes, it then and then it often goes and lives, and it lives a long life. Like yeah, yeah, caterpillar the caterpillar goes just goes, goes off like sink. as if nothing happened, yeah. like... 400 larvae didn't just squirt out of its body. What was the interesting fact they said at the end of this? Why did they build a cocoon? What made it really interesting? Do you remember? Another wasp. Um, oh, yeah. And then another wasp comes along and injects itself into that larvae. Yeah, and, and will potentially take over that. And the, the babies feed on those larvae, <laughs> which was a hyperparasitoid par- um, uh, wasp. Yeah. So That's it, the kind that injects into its own kind and like will eat that. So like they're not a zombie fight. They just capitalize on the fact that there's a bunch of babies so it there. Parasites the parasite yeah, that it, was parasitic to another parasite. It's insane. <laughs> it's like what the hell? So the, it is again, the inception it, of yeah, wasps. It's a wasp against a wasp. It's the inception of wasps. So um, <laughs> look, I'll really quickly touch on the ones. There's a couple of other ones before we get to the crown again. Yep. Uh, but there's a couple of different ones that. Um, use spiders. Uh, so you've got the one I think that oh, the lands the on the back of the tarantula. There's that one. Yeah, which so we're that's seen in the movies. Costa Rican wasp, the yep. Hymenia epimichius agariflaga. One thing, <laughs> this is to all scientists. You guys are dicks. Learn better words. Yeah. Why do you Stop have to? Stop with all the Latin. I get it, but seriously, why couldn't you just go? It's a wasp. Uh, it's a tarantula killing spider. That's yeah. his name. That's his scientific name and everything. <laughs> like, you know. So these ones uh, lay their eggs on the abdomens of orb spiders, and then it takes it brainwashes the orb spider to spin a web. Now, normally spiders spin a web to catch prey. Correct. Yes. In yes. this case, no. Yeah. What it does <laughs> is it makes it spin a web that's strong enough to support its 
itself in a cocoon. Yeah, so it, essentially, um, as as we know with spiders, they that have is called a freeloader. Everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it, spiders have levels of their web. Uh, they have the version that's really strong, the structural pieces, and then they yep. have the little bits for catching, catching stuff. The little so it builds structurally. Yeah, enough to support the weight of another cocoon. It's tricked into doing this. And then when it knows, like somehow this larvae has the intelligence of It probably bounces a couple of times. It goes, <laughs> doing, doing, doing. Is doing. This strong I enough? think this is strong. Good. What does it do? Then what does it do? It kills him. And it eats freaking it kills him. And feeds on the orb spider. <laughs> it, it, it drinks all those fluids until it's fat enough to create its own cocoon. Cocoons itself, becomes a wasp, and off it goes. And off it goes. Seriously, what the hell? So, not only does it freeload, then it commits murder. Yeah, see, this is one of the few ones... This is why we hate wasps. Again, the the reason this is closer is because it comes to the the crown piece, which is the the worst of all these guys. Oh, here we we, go. We we started with the ones that don't kill and that allow you to live. Now we've gone to one that's a bit more sadistic. Get this one, everyone. When Chris told me this, I was like, there is no way there is something out there that does this. Yeah, when when I even found about this, I was just like... This this is not only like the worst of the worst, but this guy is like a real bitch if you want to like the, essentially this is zombifying to its all degree so uh it's called a jewel wasp a jewel cockroach wasp or an emerald cockroach wasp depending <laughs> who you are or what terms you want to do essentially same one it's because they're shiny green looking. she's like the bitch of bitches yeah again it's a cloner so yep. it, it's clones itself uh so okay this is this, this is all true okay this is how it goes yeah, we ain't making this shit up yeah so they're they're smaller than a cockroach's wasp but what it does is they crawl up behind the cockroach uh they sting it and immobilize the front legs first okay uh, and then so it's why, like chang yeah so they, they can't get away okay. uh, and then they re-sting it again to paralysis the rest of the body so that they can then do what they need to do and that's the key word there paralysis so yes. they don't actually kill this cockroach this, they keep it alive and actually it's only immobilizing a short-term one. Yeah. All right, this so the is cockroach the, the, is still uh, fully imagine aware of what's a going on it's only for the body line, yeah. but it can't move yeah and then it goes around to the front and on the back of the neck of the cockroach injects a like a stinger and it has special sensors on the stinger and find out where the cockroach's brain is yes (laughs) (laughs) and and it injects its toxin that the zombie toxin which (laughs) essentially removes all fear so the cockroach, you could turn a light on, it would never run away. Um, all that, like it removes the sense <laughs> of danger or fear or anything. Also, basically, any form of just wanting to be alive or anything. It it's just, just like literally the Frankenstein just, of wasps. It turns it off to a point of it's just gonna exist. And then, so then the the, the wasp like snips a part of the antenna off the cockroach to taste its blood to make sure that it's had the right amount of um, toxins. Then once it realizes, it, once it knows it's done, and the uh, paralysis are worn off, but the drugs taken effect, it leads the cockroach to oh, its burrow. So it grabs it by the other antenna that's still no, there. Uh, yeah, or, or by the head area. Like okay. it basically just kind of, I think, it, like it, or one of its man, like um, mandibles, mandibles, and yeah. something like that, and basically leads it. It walks it to its burrow. It wait. It walks this thing to its own death. Yes, and the cockroach follows willingly. It just walks to its death. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Nature. Um, so then she will go 
put it in the hole, so into the burrow. Yep. Uh, she will then clone herself into a new larva. Yeah. Uh, put the larva on it, yep. on its belly. Um, and then and then seal the door. And then what just leaves, closes the door. Yep, and he goes off and does it again. Uh, and so <laughs> this cockroach has to sit there alive <laughs> as this larva comes to life, in s- it burrows into the cockroach. Alive and still. Yes, alive. And this cockroach, uh, this, uh, it essentially eats, again, the least vital, organs, vital organs, organs. To keep the cockroach long enough. Yeah, as alive. long as it can. And it even has a, a saliva, I think it's saliva it was, or like a um, mucus base that will stop it from rotting. Oh, what? Yeah, so the cockroach won't rot. It won't, like, this goes on for days. So it doesn't rot, it doesn't decay. It, it stays alive and gets eaten alive willingly. And so the larva not only gets inside it, it sprays uh, like a disinfectant kind of thing inside yep. it so it doesn't rot to keep it alive long enough, but then also doesn't eat the vital bits to also keep it alive long enough to stretch out its death so it can feed itself to the point that it needs to get out of the burrow yes. and continue the cycle. Yes, that's right. And it sits Fuck there. that, I'm out, by. And, and again, it's not paralyzed. It is... Seriously, Karen just left. Um, it's not paralyzed. It's literally sitting there taking this. This is bullshit. It, here's where it gets interesting. What if he goes outside and one of these do it to him? Like, what if Karen gets, like, all of a sudden here? Ow, that hurt. Uh, dude, I can't move anymore. And then all of a sudden just... I'm being led away by this little fly, dude. What? Oh, yeah, but the zombie boss man. But, like, <laughs> imagine that, eh? Like, you just literally... Um, and, and, again, it turns off... Like, what it does is, again, it turns off the um, I'm never fear going of dying and all again. that kind of stuff. So, you literally... It's there consciously knowing it's dying <laughs> and being eaten and dying over a couple of days. Wow, that's insane. So Wasn't there... Isn't there also, like, there's a worm... That goes uh, yeah. inside like crickets. Yeah. And it lives inside this cricket for like ages. And then it, it brainwashes the cricket, which is a land-dwelling animal, to go find water and drown itself. So then the worm can come out of the cricket and continue its life cycle. And continue its life because it's a water-based animal uh, and needs to survive in water. It's, um, this is... The fuck? And then there's another one that um, infects... Like, now we're just going real quick ones through. Like, I think this is the last one I can maybe remember. Yeah. There's one that um, goes in snails and the larva live inside the eye socket part. Oh, I've seen those ones. Yeah, yeah, So, like, you know how, like, on snails, how, like, they got really thin little eye thingies on the front of their heads? So, these... You used to poke them so they'd go away. (laughs) So, these... These parasites climb up inside to the eye part of the snail... And, like, so they look really fat, like big fat eyes, and then they pulsate so that those eyes on the snail look like caterpillars. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then a yeah. bird... Uh, hold on. So this is where the um, zombie part kicks in. Okay, yeah. So then the oh, it, yes. it, um, these little parasites infect the brain of the snail, so it will walk up higher into visible sight of... Day in the daytime as well. Yeah, which snails don't do. They Never do. Uh, so they go up into hidden. like daylight and high up on the branch. And then a bird, as you said, what happens? Will swoop down, eat the eyes of the snail because it looks like a grub, 
which in then turn, gets infected with this parasite, which then lives inside the bird for as long as it needs until it's shat out, which is then eaten by another snail. And then it starts again. It starts again. And a lot of these snails <laughs> live longer than other snails. Yeah. They, again, I don't understand like... So the it's whole kind side of doing of the snail a favor a little bit. Like yeah, it's like, you're oh, gonna have these things in your eyeballs for a little while, and then get <laughs> your eyeballs fat eyes. That's like your eyeballs then get popped, and then <laughs> that's it. You know, again, like they, and a couple of these are designed to keep the host living. Like there is actually a lot of them that keep the host alive and feed off them. Yeah. Even like again, the, the one we said at the start, where it keeps it alive, eats the organs, and the organs replace themselves and never kills it. I just it. can't believe that parasites like. Like something so microscopic and insignificant, well, not insignificant anymore now that I know all this shit, but that, <laughs> that know to not eat the vital organs of its host to stay alive and then can trick it, like mind wash it into protecting it. That's just crazy. Imagine if humans had the ability to use this. And the, the part that makes it hard for humans is, and what separates these animals is they're able to program this toxin to do what it needs. Yeah. Where we would have to specifically target different parts of the brains and, you know, uh, essentially wow, that probably... Brings, like biological warfare to a whole new level. Imagine if like they'd be able to weaponize that. Yeah, and all these people just walk to their deaths or like <laughs> become subsident for life. You know, like you can yeah. literally just subdue the whole thing because they would just sit there and either starve themselves to death because they never want to eat or anything. They just literally become no longer Oh, light. that'd be so wrong. Yeah, like like you think like of it that you way. You are um, super hungry, but you've been paralyzed to not ha- have the ability to eat. Or I something. know movies have kind of done this again. And look, again, <laughs> everyone listening, we are very creative people. Um, but <laughs> I know movies have had this kind of concept in there. But how that's a concept in itself. Imagine a drug that, yeah, essentially you give it to them and they would literally, you just stop living, oh, but you'd stay alive so and you're just whack. committing to die. <laughs> and you would, you like, they would know it, but they'd be okay with it. Like that. it's like you're you're happy to do it, or alien races doing the, like spawning on us, and the fact that we do heal, uh, like humans heal relatively slow in a sense. So uh, like imagine it was like over a month or two, uh, an alien spawn was on your belly or something, and slowly ate parts of you and let you <laughs> heal and kept doing it until the sense of you one day letting you go, and then after two months you go, holy crap, that I was awake for all of that. That's I let that happen and I willingly did it. Now I have to remember this thing eating me. <laughs> That's you know, just and, and I imagine there's no like um, pain, pain drugs in there. There's probably like, they probably feel that shit. <laughs> like shit, man. <laughs> like talking shit, shit. Like, Oh man, mother nature is crazy. Hey, like, and that's just like tip of the iceberg. I'm sure there's like even more, crazy yeah. things out there straight up everyone just do yourself a favor and go look into it it is an insanely insanely cool uh thing theory scary as well but luckily at the moment it's on only insects and more parasites <laughs> and a lot of them aren't human based um the fungus the cord cordyceps star one is one that can affect humans but it doesn't on the same level as them for us it's not like life damaging <laughs> it's still not good but um yeah like such an interesting topic um one that again learn love great for stories and all that but if you guys want us to deep dive on a subject please let us know in the comments and all that we love looking up this uh these facts and all that and <laughs> there's it, just so many random things it's just crazy i i'm happy to deep dive on anything and i such a like i don't need your suggestions to keep going but i love some <laughs> because there's areas i don't think of like 
I never thought of like the paralysis thing until someone told me and I went, yes. What is this zombie like bugs? You, you, I call bullshit. Next thing you know, no, it's not. But I wonder if like, like I see some of those horror videos of like people pulling out parasites from inside oh. people like, oh man, it's just, that's it. I'm never going near a wasp again. Yeah, fair, fair. Straight <laughs> up, fair, fair. You know what? That's that's the perfect place to leave it. Is just everyone stay the fuck away from wasps. <laughs> just go to, away, wasps. To, yeah, just stay away from wasps. It's not necessary. I love them, but I still don't go near them. I just think they look amazing. I love their little bug eyes and their like big aggressiveness. And I love everything aggressive. Anything that's aggressive for life is just cool. Yeah, that's exactly oh it. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. There's our deep dive into cool things. And um, like we could keep going for weeks and weeks and weeks and <laughs> on everything. Really, you could. But like Chris said, if you have a subject that you would like us to deep dive on, please contact us on either our Facebook page, Chris and Kez, or check out our um, uh, through our email which is at taipanfilms at gmail.com uh, we'd love to hear from you if you would like to be a call E for our random phone someone uh, pop us a line um, with your uh, phone number and permission to give us give you a call we'd love to have you on the podcast uh, if oh you yeah. can recommend any special guests we also would love that as well and again Make sure you're ready because uh, otherwise voicemail is happening. <laughs> it's going to be the best voicemail ever. Oh, yeah. I could, I'm could. i going to talk about peanut butter. <laughs> uh, as always, we appreciate your support as well. So you can find us now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts <gasps> as well. Are we on Google? We are on oh. Google Podcasts now. I'm going to listen to us again. <laughs> it's going to be Round everywhere. <laughs> um. Well, that, I guess, brings us to only one last thing. Which is... Karen, what is our word of the week? This word of the <laughs> week, this is the best one. It's called titty nope. <laughs> True word. <laughs> actually exists. And I remember when I sent you this word, we were laughing for hours. I couldn't believe it that there is a word called titty nope. Titty nope is a small quantity of something left over. So if there is a little piece of food left on somebody's food... On somebody's plate, that is called a titty nope. <laughs> Can I have your titty nope? <laughs> titty nope. Titty nope amount of uh, food left. Oh my, like, I don't even know how you'd use that in a proper sentence. I don't. Because it's just like, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. Can I, like, how's that titty nope? <laughs> <laughs> if you could use that in a genuine sentence, that'd be fantastic. Actually, there you go. There's a challenge. There's a challenge. Put that the in week. the context. Uh, let us know also who you pick out of Marvel and DC. Yeah. Um, and if you want us to check out a random fandom as well, let us know that. Um, we also yeah. have uh, an amazing uh, array of prizes to give away coming up. So <gasps> follow us on our Facebook page, Chris and Kez Talking Shit. We're, um, we're, we're still trying to work out if we're going to give them away or keep them. That's how good they are. We're, so we're definitely giving them away. Well, just because you announced it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, jump on our Facebook page for all those details and we'll see you next time. I'm Kez. I'm Chris. Talk shit, everybody. Keep talking shit. <laughs> Yeah, talk shit. Yeah, talk shit. Yeah, talk shit. Yeah, talk shit.